It's story time by our favorite English author Enid Blyton. Happy Day series, Mr. Pink Whistle's Party, Chapter Six. Well done, Mr. Pink Whistle. One afternoon, when Mr. Pink Whistle was enjoying a little nap in his garden, his cat Sooty came up to him. Please, master, wake up," she said. "There's a little girl come to see you, and she says it's important." Pink Whistle woke up with a jump. "Little girl, important," he said, blinking at Sooty. "Bring her here at once. Little girls are always important to me, and little boys too." So Sooty brought a little girl of about nine years old to Pink Whistle. She gazed at him shyly. "I hope I haven't disturbed you, Mr. Pink Whistle," she said. "But I managed to get your address from a little boy you once helped." And what have you come to see me for? Asked Mr. Pink Whistle. Sooty, bring some lemonade and your new buns. Sooty ran off and came back with a tray of homemade lemonade and chocolate buns. What a lot of buns for only two people! Said the little girl. But surely you can eat five or six new-made chocolate buns? Said Mr. Pink Whistle. Help yourself and tell me what you've come for. Well. It's about a boy called Peter," said the little girl, taking a bun. "Peters are usually nice, but this one isn't. In fact, he's really horrid, and you see, nobody can do anything about him. So I thought perhaps you could. Well, you know, I don't like people to tell tales," said Pink Whistle. "Are you sure you ought to tell me about this, Peter? And tell me your name too, please. I'd like to know." I'm Geraldine," said the little girl. "Oh, aren't these buns nice? Did Sooty really make them? You know, Mr. Pink Whistle. I've read all about you in a book, and that's how I know that you go about the world trying to put wrong things right. And I think that's a lovely thing to do." Pink Whistle liked this little girl. He was sure she hadn't come just to tell tales. He poured her out some more lemonade. "I'll tell you about Peter," said Geraldine. It isn't really telling tales. The other children all asked me to come to you for help. Well, tell away," said Pink Whistle. And do have another bun. Eating always helps talking. If you've got something to say, and I can see you have. Oh, do you think that too?" said Geraldine. "I always think so." Well, Peter's a big boy at our school, and he hasn't got a bicycle. Most of us have, but he hasn't. Go on," said Pink Whistle. "So he borrows ours," said Geraldine. "He never asks if he can. He just takes them. He rides nearly all the way to his home on them, then jumps off, throws them into a hedge, and walks the rest of the way home." I see. And whoever owns the bicycle he has taken has to catch the bus home," said Pink Whistle. Well, no, because we usually haven't the bus money if we ride bicycles," said Geraldine. "So we have to walk home, and we're late, and get scolded. We get scolded about our bikes too, but nobody can stop Peter. We don't like to tell tales of him to the teacher or to our mothers. You see, Mr. Pinkwhistle, he's very big and strong." "I see," said Mr. Pinkwhistle again. "Do you have another? Do have another bun?" Sooty will think you don't like them if you leave any. I suppose this Peter does quite a lot of other things besides taking people's bicycles. Oh yes," said Geraldine. "But I needn't bother you with those. You can guess them. I think I can," said Pink Whistle. 
pulling hair, slapping, pushing, and pinching—all the things a big boy does when he's a bit of a bully. But I suppose what you want my help for is about this bicycle business. Yes, please," said Geraldine. Last week, Jimmy Gibb was given a lovely new bike for his birthday and promised to keep it clean. And two days ago, Peter borrowed it and left it out in the rain all night in a hedge. Now Jimmy's father has taken his bike away for a month because it looks dreadful. Well, I think I can cure Peter," said Pink Whistle. Tell me the address of your school, please, and do have another bun. Don't waste them. I've never tasted such lovely buns," said Geraldine. "But I'm not going to take the last one. Thank you very much." She said goodbye and shook hands. Pink Whistle took her to the gate, thinking how nice it was to meet children with good manners. You just couldn't help liking them. Next morning, Pink Whistle made himself invisible as he often did, and went along to find Geraldine's school. Ah, that was, and that was the bicycle shed. Pink Whistle looked at the bicycle. What a lot! Plenty for that bad boy Peter to choose from. Pink Whistle went down the row of bicycles, rubbing each back wheel and muttering something. Ah, he knew plenty of useful spells. He stood up straight and smiled. Now, Peter, look out! If you take a bicycle today, you'll be sorry. Well, Peter did, of course. He was out before any of the other children ran to the shed. He picked up Benny's because it was nice and shiny. He was out of the school gate before anyone could stop him, riding at top speed. He went down this road and that on his way home, and then suddenly he looked astonished. He ought to be in Hacking Road, but he wasn't. He was in a road he didn't know at all. How could he have taken the wrong turning? He turned round and rode back to the corner. There was a signpost there that Peter didn't remember at all. He stared at it in surprise. It pointed four ways. One way said to Mister Whack. Another said to Hard Work Village. A third said to the Dragon, and the fourth said to the Crosspatch Witch. Peter couldn't understand it. He had never in his life seen the signpost before. He didn't want to go any of the people or places it pointed to. Good gracious, what was he to do? Had he lost his way? He couldn't stay by the signpost all day, so he got on his bicycle again and rode off in the direction of Mister Whack. He didn't like hard work. He didn't want to meet a dragon, and he certainly didn't like the sound of the Crosspatch Witch. He didn't much like Mr. Wack's name either. He was not at all pleased with Mr. Wack when he found him. He rode down the lane, round a corner, and came to a small house. He jumped off, meaning to ask his way home. He knocked at the door, and out came a big man with a whippy little cane. "Ha!" he said. "I'm Mr. Wack, and I'm glad you've come to see me. I've heard about you. You take bicycles, don't you? Hold out your hand." Peter didn't want to, but his hand held itself out, and then the other hand held itself out too. Whack, whack, whack! How that whippy little cane enjoyed itself! But Peter didn't. Like all bullies, he was a coward, and he howled loudly. There, that's what happens to bullies," said Mister Whack. "Leave the bicycle. I'll see that it's returned to its owner. Go over that stile, and you'll see the way home." Peter went off, still howling. 
He climbed over the stile and went across the field. When he came to the other side, he found, to his great astonishment, that he was in the lane that led to his home. He simply couldn't understand it. He didn't take anyone's bicycle the next day. His hands smarted too much to hold bicycle handles. But the day after he took Geraldine's, he raced. Out of the school gates on it, laughing to think of the little girl's anger and dismay when she found it was gone. And will you believe it? The bicycle took him to the same signpost as before. There it stood, its four fingers pointing to Mr. Wack, Hardwork Village, the Dragon, and the Crosspatch Witch. Peter stared in horror. How had he come here again? He couldn't imagine. Well, he wasn't going to Mr. Wack this time. That was certain. But he didn't want to go to Hardwork Village either, or to the Dragon, or to the Witch. He decided to take the road that led to the Dragon. It can't possibly be a real dragon," said Peter to himself. "There aren't any dragons now. It must be a hotel called the Dragon. I'll ask there for my way home." But you know, it was a real dragon. As Peter rode on round the corner, he saw a gate right across the road, and beside it was beside it was a cave. He got off his bicycle to open the gate, and suddenly, out of the cave came a dragon. He looked very like the one that Saint George fought long ago, but he had remarkably kind eyes. Wait, he called in a roaring voice. Are you good or bad? What do you mean? said Peter. And who are you? I don't believe in dragons. You're just somebody dressed up. I'm not, said the dragon. Ah, now I know you. You're Peter, the boy who takes bicycles, aren't you? Peter began to feel as if he was in a bad dream. No, I don't take bicycles, he said quickly. Let me go through this gate, please. Whoever you are. I can't," said the dragon. "Not until I've fought you." "What do you mean? I don't fight dragons," said Peter, scared. "Well, you see, I'm a good dragon," said the dragon. "So I fight bad things and bad people. Bad dragons fight good people. You're bad, so I must fight you. Look out for yourself." And the dragon ran at poor Peter, who turned and fled for his life. The dragon sat down and laughed. He was rather disappointed too. He really was a very good and kind creature, and hadn't had a fight for years. But sometimes he felt he would like to hit out at something bad. Peter fled down the road and came to a little wood. He saw a path there and raced down it, afraid that the dragon might be following him. And quite suddenly, he came to a part he knew. How strange! Why, just down there and round to the left, and he would come to a road he knew quite well. How had he managed to get to that strange signpost again? Peter was very, very puzzled when he got home. What a horrid adventure! Why did the bicycles keep taking him to that signpost instead of to his home? Was there a spell on him? He didn't believe in spells, but certainly something peculiar was about. He remembered that little girl, Geraldine. He said he remembered that little Geraldine had said she was going to ask Mr. Pinkwhistle for help. Well, he didn't believe in any Mr. Pinkwhistle either. But suppose, just suppose, Geraldine had gone to him. Wasn't this just the kind of thing that Pinkwhistle would do? Peter went out into the garden to think. Should he ask Geraldine if she had found Mr. Pinkwhistle? No, she wouldn't tell him anyway. 
Oh, I wish I knew what was happening to me," groaned Peter. "Why do those bicycles take me the way I don't want to go? I believe it's all something to do with Mr. Pink Whistle. I'd tell him a few things if he were here." Well, I am here," said a quiet voice, and suddenly, in front of Peter, Mr. Pink Whistle appeared, bit by bit. First his head, then his hands and legs, then his body. It was really very strange. Peter didn't like it at all. Now tell me whatever you want to," said Pink Whistle. "I'll listen." No, I don't want to say anything," said Peter. "Not even about bicycles," said Pim- Mr. Pink Whistle. "I wonder whose bicycle you will take tomorrow, Peter, and where will you go? You're having some adventures, aren't you? You must enjoy taking those bicycles from the other children." I don't, I don't, and I won't any more either," cried Peter. "I won't go to those horrible places. So it's no use your putting spells on the bicycles. I'll never touch one again, never." Peter, who in the world are you talking to? Called his mother, coming into the garden. At once, Mr. Pink Whistle disappeared and was quite invisible. Peter gave a gulp and ran indoors up to his bedroom. Well. As you can guess, Peter never took anyone's bicycle again. And will you believe it? When his father offered him one of his own for his birthday, he said no. What? You've been pestering me for a bicycle for three years, and now I can buy you one, and you say no? What? You don't mean it, surely," said his father. But Peter did mean it, and you can guess why he didn't want one. He was afraid it would take him to that peculiar signpost again.